This is Damon Udicek, and this is the Ideal Money Life Podcast. This is my journey to build a business from zero to $1 million in 12 months. I'm going to experience a lot in the next 12 months. I'm super excited about the journey. I can't wait to share my failures, my successes, and everything in between. All right, let's do this. All right, good afternoon. This is Damon. And this is a recording uh, for, uh, it's going to be my remembrance of what I recorded from yesterday, uh, the 11th of July. Here's what happened. I did my mic test. And the one of the things that is going to happens is you do something or I do something and then I'll make a mistake and I try and figure out a way to prevent the mistakes in the future. So the first time, one of the first times I did recorded the, the podcast is um, I did not use my microphone or my, my, my headset. I recorded uh, just from the uh from the phone and the sound was just miserable on it. Uh, so I've, I've moved to doing the, the headphone piece and each time I, uh, every time before I start recording, I'll do a mic check. Well, it turned out that last, uh, yesterday when I was uh, doing the mic test, I listened to the mic tech and particularly what I do is I just make sure that I can hear the recording on my headphone uh, because if I can hear the recording on my headphone, then that means that it's recording from my headphone. Bluetooth thing, I just want to, you know, it takes half a, half a second or, you know, three, four, five seconds to do that. Well, in any event, um, I deleted that recording. And then the next thing I knew is I started talking. Um, however, I, I forgot to do the new recording. And uh, in any event, so that's what what it was. Um, so the the day of the day pretty much was the big events that happened was meeting with my IP attorney or intellectual property attorney. Deal, now that I'm dealing with a lot of uh, intellect, you know, content and all that other stuff, and that I'm you know growing a business based on intellectual property, you know, books, courses. Uh, all sorts of other stuff. I wanted to make sure that one, I had a trademark in place. So uh, I'm trademarking ideal money life. And then the other thing was um, we need, I need to have terms and conditions on my website. I need to have affiliate disclosures because I do make money from uh, affiliates I need to have a privacy policy in place, and we talked about some other things. The, the one of the one of the topics that I had some questions about was, here I am. Uh, this this business ideal money life is geared towards really helping people with money, you know, particularly the money side of the business, and some of that could be marketing related stuff. And so uh, there's uh, different um, offers I'm making, um, different um, 
things that I'm sharing about my business. And he said, well, if it's a statement of fact, then you don't have to worry about anything. Um, and there'll be some other questions as things evolve that I'll need to ask him questions about. So there's a lot of things that I wanted to get answers about as far as what, um, what I needed to have in place in order to uh, protect myself and also to prevent myself from doing something that just could get me um, in trouble. Um, you know, and ignorance is not an excuse. <laughs> so uh, the, 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 the big reason why I, I came up with this is uh, I, I had a blog course and, and as part of the, per, the program that I purchased, there were some of the the prior year's conferences were available to us and you know great conferences the uh one of these speaker was uh an uh, intellectual property attorney from from miami had um, and so he shared various stories and he talked about this is what you need you want to get your copyrights, you want to get your trademarks in place. And the one thing that I remember talking about is if you go to a website and there's it's copyrighted, everything on that website is that person's intellectual property, including their terms and conditions, their um, privacy policies, all, all the, you know, all that legal mumbo jumbo stuff. You cannot go and do a copy of someone else's terms and conditions and then put it on your website. That is a violation of of the law. And so I knew that it would be important for me to have those terms and conditions and also to have whatever other disclosures that were important. And and so that's, that's the reason why I hired them. But the first reason I hired him was really to make sure that I had got the the registration process for the trademarking of Ideal Money Life. And so he gave me some guidance on that. We talked about logos, and I was just like, I don't have a logo yet. We can look at doing that in the future. Um, and so there's got to be a search done, and then he'll give me other guidance. Part of what happened with the meeting as well was me further explaining how I was going to make money um, and the other particulars about that. And, and so it's one of those, you know, and then we talked about the different options and um, there was one option to do a trademark search for like 200 bucks or 300 bucks. And then I looked at the other option, which he said is really the gold standard for doing um, your trademark search. You could do something as simple as going to, the USPTO, which is the US, I don't know, it's a trademarking, it's it's a governmental agency that that is responsible for for um, trademarks and, and everything. Um, but one of the things that you know I felt very important about this, the, the my you know the name of my business is I want to have it as a registered trademark because I want that protected. I want that to be part of my, you know, that's 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 a concept that I've developed that I'll continue to develop. And it's very important for me to have that as an asset for myself. So I could just do the TM, which is a poor man's trademarking, 
but we wanted to, I really felt like it was worth it, uh, particularly because this business, you know, this is going to be a million dollar business in a year and it'll move on to be a $5 million business in five years. So the, the, the options were, I think, $250 for the, um, the, the, the good search versus 760 for the gold standard um, search. And then once we do a search, then we have to file an application. And he talked about, you can't just have a broad trademark. Um, you, you have to put it into what's called a class. So one thing could be, um, if we think about Apple computers, and I, and I have not looked at their trademark, but originally it was, they, they had their trademark around the, just a computer. And then they probably went to where their, their trademark, I'm sure the iPhone with the little iPhone is trademark and they've got all these other, and their logo is probably registered as a trademark. And so the example that he, you know, that he talked about is you, when you're trademarking something, you have to trademark it by a class of how that trademark is going to be used. Uh, and so in this instance, let's go back to the Apple. You know, if Apple, Apple, Apple had to be broad enough yet specific enough for it to be a meaningful trademark. Um, so, for instance, um, if they they're using the name with the computers, but if they said, "Hey, we're now gonna we, we want to," you know, so they're they're gonna do that. And let's say another company comes along, and they say, "We are Apple baseball bats." Um, Apple, unless they went through the process of going through. And I'm going to put a disclaimer here. I'm not an attorney. I've never been an attorney. This is not legal advice. This is just for informational purposes only. See, that's why you need an attorney to, you know, create those disclosures for you. But from my understanding of this is Apple had to, when, when they've gone through the process, and they probably do this on a very regular basis because, you know, that's, you know, they've got this this intellectual property. They've got, anyway. Um, when, let's say, they only got a registered trademark on the class of computers and software, then if um, Joe Blow down the street said, I have now got Apple software, he would be in violation of the trademark. But if there was another company from Kentucky, uh, from the, the city of Louisville, they say, hey, we are Apple baseball bats. Baseball bats are a different class of goods and services. And so they could do that. And they could even get a registered trademark on Apple baseball bats. And Apple may not like the fact that that, um, that someone else is using the name Apple on something else. But if Apple never filed a trademark for baseball bats in the class of goods for baseball bats, then they, they, you know, they're, they're out of luck. And as long as the baseball bat company doesn't do anything to violate the trademark of Apple computers, everyone, you know, kind of everyone's playing by the game. So anyway, that, that was a big thing that happened with, um, the day there, the day ended with me talking with a client of mine out in California uh, she has been going through Profit First. 
I'd asked her about how she's doing, and she's made some actually pretty tremendous um, improvements. One of the things we I worked with her is uh, they're they've got uh, they've got some loans in place, and particularly merchant loans. And merchant loans um, are kind of the loans of last resort. And in fact, merchant loans are I stay away from them. I would stay away from them. Let me rephrase that. Um, I've seen merchant loans where they're charged 25% interest. And then what they do is they draft your bank account automatically every day. And so it can be a huge drain on your cash needs. And if we think about um, loan repayments from a cash flow or profit first standpoint, really, when you're looking at profit first, you're looking at from operating expense standpoint, <laughs> any money that's leaving your bank account needs to be put in one of the profit first categories with, so loan payment from an accounting standpoint is a repayment of debt. And so the only expense that shows up on the, the uh, income statement or what a lot of people call a profit and loss statement is the interest expense. And so the, when we're looking at purely money coming in and out of a company, from a profit first standpoint, we really look at um, all the money that leaves the company. And so one of the challenges they've had is because they have a lot of loan repayments going on right now because of these merchant loans, it's been a big drain on cash. And when we're, we're looking at how to allocate everything, they're, they're probably are overspending when we factor in the um, loan repayments. So that's that, you know, so that was a challenge that she had. Um, but what they, one, one of the things they did is they said, okay, well, we've got three owners here and each of us are going to take a pay cut right now, which in one respect I was happy to hear about um, because they are freeing up cash. Um, but in the other standpoint, I, I hate to see that I hate to see when a person lowers their pay. Uh, so it's, it, it can be a positive and negative, but at the same time, if they're lowering their pay, then their their business is taken more from them. The better solution is a way to figure out how to reduce expenses, or uh, you could also look at increasing sales in a manner that brings more profit to the bottom line. Um, so I'll, I'll give you a good example with this. When I go to Mod Pizza, I go and buy a pizza, and you know I used to work at this Little Caesars Pizza, and I remember the the, the manager was saying that cheese is the most expensive item uh, that from that we use for to build the pizzas. The least expensive thing is your soda because the primary ingredient in soda is water, and water is super cheap. Um, and then also the other thing is, is that we've got sugar in there. So both sugar and water are very, very cheap. And um, in fact, knowing what I know when I went to, to Mod today, uh, I actually had earned enough rewards. So I got a free pizza. Uh, I always get the lemonade because I love the lemonade from Mod Pizza. Best lemonade ever. 
Again, that's my opinion. <laughs> um, Chick Fil A, don't sue me because I, I feel like uh, I don't. I like I like mon- lemonade better. Uh, anyway, um, so the lemonade, I believe I spent two thirteen. Lemonade is a huge profit maker for Mod Pizza because, like I said, its primary ingredient is water, and water is super cheap, at least for now. Uh, if you look at McDonald's or any other burger chain, uh, the hamburger is the hamburger is going to be the most expensive cost. And then they say, "Would you like fries with that? Would you like a uh, Would you like a meal with that?" And literally for one penny for the fries, and then one penny for the drink, um, they'll charge a couple, you know probably four dollars. And so there's a huge amount of money made by uh, the restaurants because they bundle they bundle uh, a package of product together and give you an offer where you get the hamburger fries and the um, the drink and the drink and the fries are where all the profit is. However, I have never gone to a restaurant for the drinks, particularly soda or water or whatever. Uh, I always go for the main meal. And uh, every restaurant knows this, uh, and that's why their big money makers, their highest profit items, are in the the drinks. Um, so anyway, that is a lot of what we went through. So we, I talked with her about cash flowing out. Um, basically, I built a little cash flow model for her, where we looked at the 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 four pools of her money. And I want to say pull the four outflows of her money. And so we've got the cost of goods. Uh, and then we've got the operating expenses. And then also there were the loan payments. Loan payments were a significant item for them. I did talk with her about potentially looking at restructuring uh, the loans, terming out the loans so that instead of paying off the loans in six months, she could look at maybe extending the t- loan period to three years. Um, so that would free up a good amount of cash flow. Um, if we're looking at restructuring debt, I, re- I, I have to be, I have to recommend that you be careful with it, uh, particularly because here's what I, what happened. A, a lot of people at a personal level is they would, you know, bulk up their credit cards. And then they looked at their house. Their house had increased in value uh, because of the, you know, the the run up of houses in the early 2000, 2000. And then they would do a refinance loan and essentially take some of the equity out equity out of their house to pay down their credit cards. And from a cash flow standpoint, it, it worked out decently because they lowered the monthly payment. However, they never really got to the underlying behaviors that caused the problem that got them into debt. And so then they went on and kept their their spending spree, spending more than they were making, and then they racked up the credit card debt again. And eventually, um, basically, they're turning a consumer expense into this long-term debt. And if you know anything about a mortgage, if you take 30, day, 30 years to pay off a mortgage, if you ever look at your truth and lending statements, 
typically you're paying two and a half to three times what your original purchase price was. So if you bought a house or for a hundred grand, um, then when you look at to all the interest mortgage interest you pay over the, the life of that mortgage, you're going to end up uh, paying $280,000, $300,000 for that house. Uh, so it can be a really nasty trap to get in that debt. And the other part of being in debt is you're, you're, you basically sold your future earnings and profits down the road. And so you're, to a certain extent, have put chains around you. Um, and while debt in certain certain income instances can be valuable, it has to be uh, taken on with caution. All right. So essentially, I think that's a good place for me to end here. I will say that it's been enjoyable getting you with this extra episode, and I'm happy that I actually end up having the opportunity to uh, make up for yesterday's conversation. It was a little bit different, um, but I think talking about some of the IP legal issues that I went to were important. Now, the one thing to keep in mind is do these things as you have cash available. Do them as it makes sense. Um, In an ideal world, as you're making these investments, you're making them when you are when, when you already have customers in place. Um, it can be very tempting to just pour a lot of money into things from all sorts of different realms, uh, which can be uh, put yourself in, into a, a deep hole. I, I'm reminded of seeing people that will spend forty, fifty thousand dollars on their marriage, and they're still in college. What a horrible way to start a marriage. So think about that, that if you overspend at the beginning of your business before you have cash and income to cover those expenses, you've got this big hole to build in. You're much better off getting those things as you need it. And in the beginning, you're not going to have that many customers. So the best practice is to bootstrap stuff until you have the opportunity and be cautious about the spending because All right. So with that, hope you have a great day. And uh... that does it for today's show. If you enjoyed the podcast, do two things for me, please. One, subscribe to the Ideal Money Life podcast. And two, tell one person about the show. This is a labor of love for me, and I want to get the message to as many people as possible. Thank you for listening. Ideal Money Life podcasts are for general information purposes only and do not create a CPA, tax advisor, investment, or other professional relationship. You should consult your professional advisors before you apply anything you've learned from this podcast. Remember the wise words of Benjamin Franklin. Your net worth to the world is usually determined by what remains after your bad habits are subtracted from your good ones. Have a great day.